Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. What's going on, projectors? Welcome back to the show. Uh, this week, we had a great week in football, uh, great week in the EPL, and yeah, we're going to break it down. New England Patriots, AFC, NFC, playoff clinches. It was a fun weekend. Now we got this extra game in week 18 of the NFL for the first time ever. Here we go. A lot of teams have clinched, though, but there's a lot of bubble teams, wild card spots to be had. Should be an interesting and fun week to see how all of this plays out. But uh, before we get into that, um, I definitely want to get into a podcast I listened to um, today. It's about three hours long, so yeah, if you don't listen to it after my recommendation, whatever. You know, you don't like three hours of podcast, that's just me. Anyway, his name is Dr. Robert Malone. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast, obviously a huge fan of that podcast. Um, very interesting. He was one of the um, people on the team that created the mRNA vaccine and has worked on every single virus that has come out since AIDS. Really, really cool podcast. Uh, I'm not going to give my opinion or anything. Just go listen to it. Have fun with it. Um, very open-minded. Just someone who was recently banned from Twitter. He was banned from LinkedIn a couple months ago. I found it really, really good to listen to, to hear a perspective of a doctor who was going against mandates and you know maybe some of the reasons why. And there was a lot of fact-based things that he brought up to the table without, you know, screaming and shouting and, and yelling it was just a conversation so yeah go check that podcast out. it was really good uh i usually like to start off the show with something like like last time i talked about you know the trading cards this week i mean this episode i'm going to talk about you know this podcast that i listened to so it was pretty cool anyway um i don't know how to open the show because i don't know where to start liverpool chelsea or the patriots patriots clients where do they win 50 to 10 congratulations you know you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 50 to 10. Good week. Good to see that, you know, Mac Jones can still throw the ball and score some touchdowns in the offense. They they killed him quick. That's exactly what I wanted uh, by the time. By the end of the game, Brian Hoyer came in, but it looked like they wanted to lay it on and put as many points up against them as they could. Um, Patriots played well. Am I impressed here going forward? Not really. Uh, like I said before on uh, the last episode, it is what it is. They got to prove themselves in the playoffs for me. This week, though, it, it can be a big week um, against the Dolphins. They've historically struggled when they have to play the Dolphins in Miami at any time during the year when it's a warmer climate. They go down there and, and they lose a lot to that team. And not only that, if the Bills lose, you have a chance to win the division if you win. So you don't want to mess that up. So this game is extremely important still. And Maybe the Buffalo Bills will screw it up for you. By the way they've been playing, um, I don't know. It was a weird week. The Jets showed some life against the Buccaneers this week. They lost in a nail-biter down to the wire. Brady brought the uh, the Buccaneers to a fourth-quarter win. Huh? That was pretty good. I've seen that before. 50 seconds, no timeouts, drives down the field, game-winning touchdown. Man, he's just – and to this – um, running back or scat back. I don't know what he was. He threw two long passes to him. Can't even remember his name, to be honest. 
but made some huge plays and a, a long touchdown to him. And it just capped the game too easy. I said, hold my beer. Let me score this touchdown. But anyway, hopefully the Jets put out some pressure on the Bills, a divisional matchup, just like they kind of did against the Bucks last week, and they're motivated, and they smack them in the mouth, and the Bills lose. Patriots win. We win the division. I'll be happy with that because forever in history, you won the division this year, and that's always important, you know, at least for nothing. that You won the division. This is Mac Jones, your rookie year. I think it's a good thing for him if he wins the division. Now it's not in our hands. Unfortunately, we blew that against the Colts and the Bills the second time we played the Bills and the Colts. Yeah, 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 we blew it. But it can still happen for us, and it can, you know, we could still pull it out. Okay. Now, um, we can also talk about Antonio Brown, speaking of the Bucks game. Walks off the field. How do you feel about it? I mean, Brady made some comments about it afterwards. There was, I guess, him in an Uber uh, leaving the game after they went viral, and the Uber driver recorded him. Uh, this man... I don't know. I, I did see someone mention something about CTE. They think he has a problem. I don't know what's going on in his life, but I wish him the best. I wish he didn't take that course of action. But if he is dealing with some mental health or CTE issues, I hope he also gets that fixed as well. He, he goes and sees someone. He gets uh, where he needs to be. Um, we won't spend too much on time on Antonio Brown, but I don't think he'll be back in the NFL after doing that. I just, I just don't think he will be. So it should be interesting. But... We have some teams that have been kind of um, solidified themselves a little bit. I think a huge divisional victory for the Cincinnati Bengals, winning the division, winning yesterday against the Chiefs, doing it against a big team. I got very nervous during the Chiefs game. That was a weird ending. Like, they got lucky. I don't know what that coach was thinking about going for it on fourth town. Give me a heart attack because I was sitting there rooting for the Bengals to win. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase had 62 points of fantasy football. Unbelievable day, like 270 yards, three touchdowns, just ridiculous. Some awesome catches. Jamar Chase was a beast. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals definitely deserved it, and they're taking advantage of the downswing in the Steelers and the Ravens and uh, the Browns just – you know, the Browns being the Browns. I, I honestly like the Browns. They just need a new QB. At this point, you've got everything. You've got good wide receiver core, running backs. You've got two running backs that are just unreal. And offensive linemen set, defensive linemen, you've got a superstar, Miles Garrett. What's the problem? It's Baker Mayfield. Unfortunately, I you know, I, I was hoping he would turn things around and be able to do it, but he just... He's so up and down and so inconsistent that he's, for me, he's uh, he's in that category of Carson Wentz. Both of them. Done. I'm done with you. I ain't going to defend you. Yeah. Speaking of that, I think the Colts are going to have a blunder of a postseason. I'm just saying. I really do. I don't think it's going to pan out for them. I don't like that team at all. And I would give them, you know, their due diligence. I hate the Colts in general, but if I was going to call it, they ain't doing anything. I'm saying ain't a lot in this podcast. Whatever. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm just under the impression that the AFC is kind of really panning itself out. You got the Titans with the first seed, the Chiefs in the second seed, the Bengals behind them, and the Patriots have clinched the playoff spot. It's it's good to see that some stability and kind of see who the pretenders were and who are some of the real football teams in there. So we're kind of getting, you know, what the AFC kind of looks like finally. 
coming into the final week of the season. Like I talked about before uh, in last week's episode, it was, yeah, just a little dismal. You know, the AFC teams didn't look as strong. They're trading positions constantly. Who is where? What is what? I don't know. The NFC seemed a little bit more secure to me. You got a lot of, you know, 12 and 13 win teams as opposed to 10 and 11 teams. Makes a difference, you know, no going into that. But on the NFC side, you got the Packers, Rams, Bucks, Cowboys, Cardinals. You know, they're all clinched playoff spots on that side. You got the Eagles with the seventh seed right now, and they also clinched, which is, you know, it's a it's good for Jalen Hurts and that that young Eagles team to get into the mix too. Um, in the hunt is still the 49ers on that side. On the bubble, we got the Saints. So there's still some good teams, bad teams. But is he in the AFC? We have a lot more bubble teams than in the hunt teams. We got the Colts and the Chargers in the hunt. And on the bubble, you got the Raiders, Ravens, and Steelers. Steelers are actually winning right now 10 nothing against the Browns. So hopefully that will, you know, give them an available win. You know, I don't want to say hopeful because I really don't care if the Steelers make the playoffs or not. I'd actually rather them lose. But just to show how good that division is, you got the Bengals who already clinched and won the division, and then you've got the Ravens and Steelers, boom, already there trying to get in as well. And the Browns just got bumped out last week, and they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, exciting. So, But back to the NFC side, the Cowboys got rummaged by the Cardinals. I, You know, not really rummaged. They lost a close one, but, you know, it, it's just a... I don't know why I expect the Cowboys to be much better. I, I feel like they need to pop, and they're just not popping. Um, I know there's a lot of good teams above them, but they're still going in as the fourth seed. We'll see how the playoffs go. It's going to be really good playoff matchups this year. I think a lot of the, especially in the NFC side, I, I couldn't tell you who's, who's coming out on top there. There's so many variables to what could possibly happen, who plays where and what stadium, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, everything's going to run through Green Bay. Um, going into the playoffs on that side. so But we've seen the Buccaneers go in there last year and beat them. So it it's really is tough to see how it's gonna who's going to represent for the Super Bowl. But I love the NFC side. I love the teams on that side. They are really fun to watch, good, solid, well-coached football teams, whereas in the AFC, it's, it's a little chaotic, even at the top. So you never know what you're going to get. Like I like the Patriots playing the Titans in a matchup in a playoff spot. And they're the number one seed because I don't really view anyone in the AFC as a number one seed. I just view them all as you made the playoffs. Whereas I kind of feel like the Packers are the number one seed. The Rams deserve two or three spot. Like that all makes sense to me. Like Cardinals dropped off halfway through the season. They get the five seed and the Eagles kind of have snuck in at nine and seven and all that good stuff. They, they feel like that it's pretty well versed. But for me, on the AFC, I don't know. It is what it is. Anyway, this will wrap up football. Uh, we talk about a little bit of fantasy football. How how is your your teams doing? If you've made the Super Bowl, it's it's a good week. A lot of good players popped off. So this was actually a good championship week for people. If you know, they really want a good production. So I, I I think it's it's really nice to not have like a downer week. Usually went like slower. Maybe some weather games. Not as many points, but it seemed to be a pretty good championship week in football. At least it was for us. There was a lot of scoring. In uh, other playoff games, you know, the loser bracket, the winning bracket, um, five-year keeper league for me, and we're in the third year, and bum, bum, bum. Someone just won twice in a row, two two championships in a row. Well, unless 
Nick Chubb scores 40-something points, 45 points, and brings the other team uh, to victory. But pretty far, pretty far-fetched at this point because we're going into the uh, third quarter and no one has scored on the Browns. So they're getting their butts whipped. Anyway, that'll wrap up that. We're going to talk a little bit about the EPL. Obviously, I got to talk Liverpool and Chelsea. Liverpool and Chelsea. What a game that was. What a game. I'm going to try to stay positive because I'm really crying inside because it ended in tie 2 2. Even more so, Liverpool went up early 2 0. The tone was set. They said at the first like 15, 20 minutes of the game was kind of weird. Um, it seemed like Chelsea was dominating possession, and then all of a sudden Liverpool turned it on them, started dominating possession back, and then boom, Mohamed Salah. Scored like crazy. He scored an, an amazing goal, set the tone, and then Sadio Mane came in and scored as well. I'm going to flip that real quick because Mane scored first, then Mohamed Salah scored second, and they went up 2-0. I was excited, and but then I knew in the back of my head, I was like, this is not enough, not against this team. All it takes is one more goal, 2-1, to one, and then you got a problem. And it's exactly what happened. Uh, Liverpool's defense on the counterattack just got... They just weren't ready for it, and they got exposed. And, you know, Christian Pulisic scored a really good one. And then off a corner kick, Ricochet and, what is it, Kovacic? Oh, my God. I still don't know how he did it. He just threw his his leg and his knee up, and the thing just bended over the top. Unbelievable goal if you want to go check that one out. I hate Chelsea, but that was an amazing goal. Got to give credit where credit's due. And it made it for a great game. All the goals were in the first half. Second half was just a bunch of chances that uh, didn't go through. And for both of these teams, it really did nothing. Like, you don't really move in the standings. Man City now has a 10-point lead over Chelsea and an 11-point lead over Liverpool. And you're sitting there going, well, I don't know if we're going to catch them. Liverpool and Chelsea need to be consistent in their next five games. It's really, really important and hope that City slip up and then they can feel the pressure and slip up again. That's the only way you're catching this team. And, you know, with Liverpool, like we talked about the Africa Cup in the last week's uh, podcast, I mean, you're losing two of your best players on, on Liverpool and your goal scorers. So Diego Jota and Bobby Firmino will have to step up big time. I don't know who you're going to put in the other third position up there. Maybe if you'll change uh, how the... The team operates and the, the starting 11 looks a little bit different. Who knows? Who knows how uh, Jurgen Klopp is going to attack this? Um, but I also, <laughs> Manchester United played against Wolves tonight and they lost one nothing. Man, I have never, I don't know what's going on with that team and that club, but how do you add Cristiano Ronaldo to your roster, even in the state that he is? When he played for Juventus, he was still enough, you know? They won their league. How do you add Cristiano Ronaldo and you're sitting in the seventh spot? Remember, last year, you came in second. You came in second in the Premier League. And now you're worse? You're not better than Spurs, who's struggling all the time. You're not better than West Ham? Your roster compared to West Ham, you're supposed to be way better. I look at your team, and you're way better. It's a chemistry issue. Arsenal, come on. Arsenal was in shambles last year. They're sitting in four, and they're having a pretty decent season. I don't understand Manchester United. I'm happy that they're this bad because, you know, I'm a Liverpool fan. That's their arch rival. But, man, how do you add Cristiano Ronaldo? 
and do this. It's quite impressive. I'll say that. It's quite impressive to be that bad. And I, and I like the roster and the switch up. I With McTominay and Matich in the middle, and then you've got Jaden Sancho and Mason Greenwood. Yeah, Mason Greenwood on the other side with Cavani and Ronaldo at the top. I mean, this is a well-formed team. I They're switching up the lineup. Sometimes it works good. Sometimes it doesn't. Who are they playing for? What are they playing for? There's something wrong there. Massively wrong. Pogba's not even... It's just... It's, it's in shambles. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it, but here we are. I was also going to give you my thoughts on who the two best soccer players are in the world. So I have to stick with European soccer players because that's where I think the most talented players go to play, and they're playing in the hardest leagues in the world all over Europe. And so obviously I'm going to pick players from there. So one right away. So if you listen to my last episode, I, I called out, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi not being the greatest soccer players on the planet anymore, which is true. There's no production there to back up to say that they are. I'm not living in the past anymore. They just, at this time right now, they are not the best soccer players in the world. They're not proving anything. It's very, PSG with Messi, he's sucked. And they're winning in the French League. Congratulations. I think they almost lost it, or they did lose it last year. And wow, you, you've barely had any production in the midst of you being in first place in the French League. Good job. Cristiano Ronaldo, you're sitting at 7th of Manchester United, and you can't bring your team to beat any of the top clubs. None of them. So, um, <laughs> I've got to say, Robert Lewandowski, absolutely, by far, I think the best player on the planet right now. The second spot position, I have a few people that could go into that category, and it might not be players that you think, but... I, I look at players like it has to be a Neymar. Kareem Benzema has massive production at Real Madrid right now. He's a top scorer in, in the world. Mohamed Salah is is a top scorer in, in the world. He's he's in the top scorer in the Premier League, and then he ranks like third or fourth in, in all of the European leagues. I mean, you've got better players that can fit into that role than Messi and Ronaldo right now. And definitely Robert Lewandowski. He leads all of Europe in scoring. He's a machine, unbelievable player, talent. He puts fear to, to any team when he's on the pitch. He's playing like Messi and Ronaldo used to do. Oh, Messi and Ronaldo are playing all the game changers. Robert Lewandowski is a game changer. They're, he's not playing maybe at the level that Messi and Ronaldo once did. That's not the point. The point is... He is having such a season and last wow, 48 months of his career, he's just exploding where people may have thought he was going to have a downturn. He's actually exploding with goals and just unmatching every striker in the game. Just an unreal player. Uh, Neymar for me is he may not have the production that we all want at this moment. And he's not like high up on there, but he is one of those players of the talent level. When he plays, he he's a difference maker. That's why I kind of put him into this second category if there was a second player. And then Kareem Benzema, maybe, you know, someone who's kind of been around Real for a while now. But I, I just feel like, dude, he's got the production. He's scoring goals. He's been unbelievable. You got to give him credit. I really want to say 
Kevin De Bruyne, and he's a maestro at what he does in his craft and playing for Manchester City. I mean, I really do think that he he runs that team very smoothly in the midfield and has really taken on that role and responsibility. After uh, David Silva has left, he's he's fully taken it on. He's he, he makes that team run. He's their engine. He scores some unbelievable goals, got some assists, but not as many goals. He's a person that could probably be put into that conversation. But, yeah. Uh, so I don't really have a second one if I had to pick one. I want to pick Mbappe. I feel like at this point, this is his, this is his time to... To shine, and he he he's got he's got some good goals this year. He's been consistent, and he is always a threat, kind of like Neymar. But I'd have to see a little bit more by the end of this year. I'll kind of make my decision on who the two top players in the world are. But I guess for right now, Robin Lewandowski, yeah, you're number one, bro. And I hate Bayern Munich. That's for sure. I'm more of a Holland, which Holland should be. He's probably in the top five for sure players in the world right now. But uh, yeah, Borussia Dortmund, that's my team right there. That's my German team. But anyway, um, thanks for listening to this episode this week. Like I said, I'm going to be getting more episodes out. So I did one Saturday night doing a recap of the Patriots game and then covering you know, the EPL a little bit. I'm going to get back out here and just start doing it as much as I can. And then uh, we'll try to get someone on the podcast soon. Uh, people have just been a little bit busy. Uh, we normally have had a guest on by this point, but we'll probably have a project life coming up here soon. I got something in the works for that and looking forward to it. I'm not going to reveal what it is. And I also, we're getting closer and closer to something I've been wanting to get to for a long time, but having to keep my lips shut. Um, that person knows who they are and we'll get to it and we'll have a huge, huge podcast for that. I'm very excited. It's a sports-related podcast, Project Sports, Project Life, all in one. Because I really feel like it's both. It's both life and sports all at the same time. And it's going to be unbelievable. And it's probably coming sometime this year for sure. Um, Yeah. So thanks for listening to the show, guys. Take care.